Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Go. Begin. Begin well, listening. Well, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, you've done it. Now begin. Enough waiting around. It's time for you to grab your life by the hall, the horns uh, and just really make it your own thing. Go, do it. What if it became like sort of more of an inspirational sort of self-help Ooh, then? Would you that would, like that? That would be rough for me. Why is that? Oh, I uh, I don't know what advice I would offer people, I guess. Well, just tell them to do how you do it. Because you live in your best life. You grab the life by the horns every day and um, you're just, you're, you're living your best self. And so how do you do it and tell them how to do it? And then we get $500. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's how it works. So go ahead. How do you do it? The way that you do, the things you do, make uh, me want to shoot. You make good choices. You make good choices. Just be thoughtful about your choices. Now expand on that. Uh, so I think every day there are a series of choices in front of you. Oh. And I would just Don't be... Don't know my blue tie or my red tie. I would just be thoughtful. Well, my boss hates red. You gotta wear that blue tie, Griffin. Gotta wear the blue tie. My boss is scared of the color red. So scared of it. He's like a reverse bull. But, um, hey, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a hell of a week, huh? A real fucking hell of a week, I think, for me, personally <laughs> speaking. And, um... I was commenting on this to Rachel all last night. I was, I've gotten sick again, which is great. This is just sort of my default state of being now. But I kept getting alerts on my Apple Watch. And I can actually scroll through my notification history. And it's hysterical because it's like 14 of the alerts that are like, hey, you haven't been moving, but your heart rate's over 120 beats per minute. And it's like, yeah, there's a pretty freaking good reason for that one, my Apple Watch. Um, but we're here and I'm glad to be talking to you about things we're enthusiastic about for our friends yes. at home. Do you yes. have any small wonders? I do. Go right ahead. How about all those ladies in the house? Ladies in the house? Ladies in the house, LGBTQ people in the house. It's all fucking awesome. People that are not white in the house? Yeah. Which is refreshing. Real refreshing. What is it? The first time that 100 uh, women have been in, in Congress? Yeah. It's like fucking buck wild and so good and so cool. Yeah. Mine is election related too. Mine is when uh, Beto O'Rourke said fuck on live TV. <laughs> so choice. You are my dog. I love how the the like media outlets were all prepared to like, oh, this is juicy. And everybody's like... That's awesome. That's really good, guys. That's like, awesome. they, thank not, you for sharing that clip with me. Media. You're not going to get a rise out of me. <laughs> it's fucking so good. He's so legit and good. Um, yeah, election week, man. It was stressful, but it's over now, and now we can move ever onward at Astra, as they say. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us here in Texas were bummed, but I am choosing to well, look at the big picture. Point nine percent of us, I think, is yeah. what it boiled down to, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot to be happy about. Yeah. So, who goes first this week? I don't know. Well? I never do. Me. Me first. Okay. Let me go first. Okay. My first thing is Tetris. Is Tetris. The video game Tetris. The video game Tetris and all of its ilk. Because I was thinking about it. There's a new Tetris game that comes out uh, on Friday that I'm very excited about. I'll talk more about it in a little bit. But it had me thinking about sort of my life and how Tetris 
weighed in on uh, ways on my soul yeah and uh i love it i love it it occupies a very singular space in my heart i'm not big for like puzzle games i feel like that's more your dominion like especially on the iphone i feel like you get your you, oh, yeah your your teeth sunk into a, a puzzle game and you really go for it see you are big into puzzle games but like more complex i think than kind than of tetris i mean typically is like is Obra, the Return of the Obra Dinn game, the boat game I talked about last episode, is that a puzzle game? Maybe, kind of. Remember that puzzle game where you, it was like, it had like a seventh guest quality where you walked into a room and you had oh, to turn yeah. a box around. What were those? Like, I forget what those were called. They were know, neat. I think it was that. called The Room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Tetris, though, is like so stand apart in my mind because of how like zen-like it is to play it for me. Uh, it is. It has not always been that way. I used to not really enjoy Tetris. Uh, it was mostly Travis's thing. And Travis was like the good one at Tetris in our house. And it was sort of stressful to like play in the same room as him. Uh, I remember we used to go to uh, Vero Beach, Florida, and uh, there was a, a family we were close with at our church uh, at the time who had like a little tiny little modest lake house down there. And they had like an old like CRT tiny TV with an NES hooked up to it. Uh-huh. And because we're indoor kids, we spent a lot of time just playing uh, like punch out. But we also played a lot of Tetris. And I remember Travis just like sitting down and four hours later still be on the same game but i feel like uh in in recent years i've gotten into it and it's it's just really it's so satisfying right like that's what i love about the puzzle games is that when things like fit together or you have like a little row that disappears because you did something right it's just like it's like cleaning up you know how some people like to clean yeah not so much me but i like a puzzle game for similar reasons. It is satisfying watching the blocks disappear when you complete a line. A little bit about the history of it. Uh, it was invented by or created by uh, Alexei Pajitnov, who is a Russian game designer. Uh, and he first sort of like uh, finished the first prototype of Tetris in 1984. Um, he, or, uh, he was mostly like doing it to sort of test the capabilities of this computer hardware that he was messing around with. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll make a game that I can play on it just to sort of see how, uh, just sort of stretch its legs. And what he made was Tetris. The first like design, he really liked playing with uh, like puzzle shapes when he was younger. Like, um, you know, oh, shit. What are those things called where you have to tanograms? Holy crap! You got that so fast. <laughs> uh, playing with stuff like that and and uh, you know stacking blocks and stuff like that. And so uh, he wanted to make this game with uh, tet- tetrominoes, which is what the shapes in Tetris oh, are called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, originally, it was going to be what's what's pin. Pentominoes, I forget, but like one step up. But there were, I think, 12 configurations of what those could be. And the computer, I guess, couldn't run it. So Tetrominoes, there's only seven configurations of what it can be. And so that's why they are that shape. Uh, And also the game used to originally be just like fitting these shapes in together. uh, But the computer would like run out of memory and so that's why he got he invented the like and now they'll come disappear uh when you make a whole line and with those two things he made tetris i love this idea of him just like making it and then playing it a few times and being like this is a really good this game. is fucking good well i mean he, he showed it to like all of his friends right all of the 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 co-workers at the uh the organization he was working with uh and they were like uh bud this is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sort of spread like wildfire across the globe. And back then, like uh, copyright on uh, software was like a tough thing to, to track. So 
there were all these different game publishers that licensed it for uh you know typically pc release in their individual countries uh so there was like a a version that was popular in russia and then there was a version that came stateside and then there was a, a you know a version in the in, in the ukraine that became sort of popular uh and so it was kind of tough to like track the sort of legal ownership of tetris at any given time um where the game really took off was 1989 it came out packaged with every game boy if you bought a game boy you got tetris oh yeah there is a great uh mcroy home video of the year that we got the game boy it must have been (laughs) i think it must was 1990 of just like justin just disappearing standing (laughs) under a lamp because it was the original game boy so it wasn't illuminated and just like that was it bye justin uh and that is sort of credited with like Tetris made the Game Boy. The yeah. Game Boy made Tetris. Like it was such a like symbiotic relationship between those two. It established Tetris as this like cultural phenomenon. It had like been on PC and some people had like known about it, but with Tetris like everybody knew about it. And that's true today. Like everybody knows what Tetris is and I feel like I can say this pretty definitively cuz I've, you know, I worked in the games industry for over a decade. Like that's not true for a lot of things, right? Like uh maybe like mario like people can recognize him yeah He's but got, not everybody's had a lot of time playing mario um, not everybody's had a lot of time playing tetris but like it's hard to forgive that because it's been out on every imaginable platform whether it's yeah. on calculators or uh ipods or uh you know little keychain uh tiger games do you ever get tetris on a graphing calculator I think so. Not a very good version of it, but you can get some <laughs> version of it. Um, it is like a culturally like important game for that very reason. Like it is a, for a lot of people like a touchstone for what games are. Uh, and while it's kind of a maybe a primitive touchstone, like it's still a great game and it still uh, has lights because there are new versions coming out. We most recently played on the Switch Puyo Puyo Tetris, which uh, blends Puyo Pop and Tetris. Oh my God, I Tetris. was so into that. We were both into that because you could play either one or you could play like a mix of them. You were big into the Puyo Pop side. I was big into the uh, yeah, Tetris side. The, the Puyo were like little beans. They're like It little was beans like Tetris shape, but they were beans. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, so Tetris is great, not just because it's a fun game. There are a lot of like psychological effects attributed to Tetris, some of which are like actually very positive, some of which are just kind of weird. I, I pulled like a lot of stuff uh, that I'm going to try and summarize on the fly uh, pretty quickly. There was a study that showed that uh, prolonged Tetris activity can lead to more efficient brain activity during play. So they measured like your brain and how it's, you know, firing the first time like you start playing Tetris. And then it figures out like how it's firing after you've been playing for a while and the efficiency of your uh, brain. What is it? As Tetris players become more proficient, their brains show a reduced consumption of glucose, indicating more efficient brain activity for this task. Uh, Moderate play of half an hour a day for three months boosts general cognitive functions such as critical thinking, reasoning, language and processing. Really? That's fascinating. And it has like physiological effects. It increases cerebral cortex thickness from Tetris. Um, there are other like psychological benefits too. There have been studies, um, uh, the one with Oxford University, where they were showing people sort of like traumatic material and then making them play Tetris, and they found that like it was harder for people to form sort of like these sticky memories about the traumatic stuff that they had seen because of 
Tetris sort of like rewiring their brains not to focus on it. Um, and so they like have a, they theorize that like this could be used to, as, as a sort of intervention to reduce like some of the effects of PTSD, which is oh so my gosh. wild. wild. Um, there was a study at Plymouth University that showed that Tetris could have a quote, quick and manageable fix for um, people studying to stick to diets or quit smoking or drinking. Um, there was a, a Canadian study shown that uh, older adolescents with uh, amblyopia, which is a, the scientific term for lazy eye, uh, it, it is a way to sort of like train your eyes to work better and work faster. Um, uh, they said, this is a quote, it's, it's much better than patching, much more enjoyable. It's faster and seems to work better. Uh, they tested this in the, in the United Kingdom to Can some success. Can you imagine going to the doctor and having your doctor be Prescribe like, you some Tetris. You need to play an hour of Tetris every day. I could totally do that. Um, so the new game that uh, comes out this Friday is called Tetris Effect, which is a reference to another sort of phenomenon that isn't explicitly just about Tetris, but it's kind of where it gets its name, obviously. It's a phenomenon where your mind uh, pictures like Tetris blocks long after you stop playing Tetris, especially in your dreams. I get this so yes. much. Yes. I get this so much. Yes. I've been playing uh, Diablo on Switch lately. And like uh-huh. last night, of course, I was feverish and like <laughs> sleeping on the couch and on like eight different medicines. But like in my mind, I was just like playing Diablo because I've been playing it a lot. Uh, but like with Tetris, like it is it is. Uh, it is the most sort of visceral, I feel like, because it's so simple. Your brain only has to remember these simple shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the game is like kind of focuses on that and tries to, it's made by a, uh, the designer is a guy named Tetsuya Mizuguchi who makes like rhythm games, especially like trance-like rhythm games. Uh, he has one called Res and the whole design aesthetic for that was, uh, he was into the idea of synesthesia, the idea of like your, your senses detecting things other than what they should explicitly be be able to detect that was a very like long-winded way of explaining synesthesia and was very bad but like he's very big into just these like trippy just like trance-like games and that's what tetris is so like i'm fucking so stoked to see like what he does with tetris but yeah i just love tetris it's so it's a, a special game that even like other puzzle games aren't really like um i'm I, always fascinated to watch people play tetris too because it like says a lot about uh, them as a person. I yeah. Think. Like Griffin will develop these like 15 row strategies where he is just waiting for that long single piece. And I will watch him build up along the walls and I will think this is a man who is determined. It's also a man who's just waiting on one long block. And if he doesn't get it, he'll lose. <laughs> yeah. This We have to mention, we've been watching this series of stand-up specials from uh, James Acaster. Oh my gosh, who yes. I only recognized from... Um, uh, I don't know a lot of like stand-up people. He was on Worst Idea of All Time and was hysterical. So I re-listened to his episodes so recently because I love his stand-up so much. He has a special on Netflix. This is another small wonder called Repertoire. It is four stand-up specials in one thing. So like the amount of content this dude is making is like out of control. And there are some bits in each of them that like had us on the floor cackling so good. We had a bit about Tetris where he talked about how nobody like he wanted a fresh start in life, like in Tetris, because like the first time that you put a block down and it just goes wrong, you just hold the down button and just dum, 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 dum. and I do that. Like I'll this stack up. This is how Griffin plays. Yes. Yeah. I stack up the towers and if I don't get a long block for like uh, the, the straight block for like, you know, 20 blocks, I'm just like, well, that's it. Bye. 
I never had seen somebody so recklessly just abandon video games until I met Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your first thing? My first thing is Tank and the Bangas. Tank and the Bangas. You sent me a clip of the song that you're going to talk about, and it's fucking so good. I'm so excited to play this it. This is a band that I have had recommended to me a lot recently, and I think it's because in 2017 they won NPR's Tiny Desk Contest. Do you I remember know how that I that talked was... about uh, how that's like a, a thing? Oh, for I love NPR. Tiny Desk. Yeah. I didn't know that it was competitive. They have a contest where people send in their own little Tiny Desk videos, and the winner like got to be That's so it. good. Uh, and that's how everybody got really familiar with them. Um, Tank and the Bangas have a vibrant blend of R&B, funk, hip-hop, gospel, and spoken word poetry. Uh, Tariana Tank Ball is the lead vocalist, and she first gained attention as a slam poet. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I only listened to that one song that you sent me, but it was slammy. Uh huh. It was slamming. <laughs> Did people ever say that at like the slam poetry things you went to, where they'd be like slamming? You did that like Jim Carrey in the mask a little bit. Slamming. <laughs> uh, so the group formed in 2011. So they've been around for a while. Uh, in New Orleans, uh, and they um, released their debut album, Think Tank, in 2013, followed by the 2014 live set, The Big Bang Theory, live at Casagasa. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> um, apparently, their live shows are just, like, incredible. Oh, dog, I can believe that in a heartbeat. There's what? There's, like, seven of them, right? And the, that song is so, like, larger than life. I didn't watch the Tiny Desk concert, but I bet it's amazing. Well, I think there are five official members of the okay. band, at least according to what I found. But uh, but yeah, Tank has said that she, quote, uh, kind of feels like they take church on the road. Um, and so I wanted to share a little bit of a song. So they have a new album that's set to come out in 2019. And one of the songs I really liked, uh, they just released a single, Spaceships, in September, which you can check out. But the song that I want to play is Smoke, Netflix, Chill. That's so good. Which came out in April. Here it is. He asked me if I had a boyfriend. Sexing to the don'ts like y'all. Feeling hella bent alcohol. Got me feeling kidney kind of company. That's a company. He is way by a compliment. Roger, look, text me, come by. You want to see me? You got the movie. It's kind of silly, but I really. The kind of movie put you in your feelings. But don't know really, babe, I'm not gonna come unless you with me So tell me if you want to You know what I was thinking about? I was trying to like think about like Obviously there's a lot I like Like I like that yeah. kind of like New Orleans bounce sound Yeah You know um, That's kind of like soulful but like super danceable But then I realized Tank kind of reminds me of like a funky Nicki Minaj <laughs> Okay, I was going to say like a funky like Regina Spector, only oh, in like okay. the way that she like uses her voice and it's like changing line yeah. to line, like what kind of delivery it is. I'm mm -hmm. so, I adore shit like that. That is so good when you never really know what the next line of a song is going to sound like, even though it's sung by the same vocalist. Yeah. And that was this like all over. I was instantly in love with this song. As soon as I heard her voice, I was like, oh shit, yes, <laughs> I'm know. so down. I know. Uh I, I again, this is like, and I think it's because I've had friends see the band live, but I've just had this recommended to me over and over again, and I finally just checked it out this week, and I was like, oh, this is really, really great. It's and, so fucking and good. And unique and positive and exactly the kind of thing I like. 
Yeah, I I just had a big goofy grin on my face as soon as I started listening <laughs> to it. It was a, it was an amazing pick me up. Uh, should we steal us away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can also do. All that she wants is another baby. That's so good. Um, you could do that. There's a lot of Ace of Base songs. You could kind of. Well, there's actually not a lot of Ace of Base songs. There's only like three. There's just the three, I guess. Man, they really sort of defied expectations in that they were a three-hit wonder, which is strange. Usually three hits is enough to get you get you over, as they say in wrestling. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain you want some personal messages griffin yep this message is for darcy it is from deidre Happy birthday to my little sister, Darcy. What I think is wonderful is the time we've gotten to spend together listening to podcasts and even traveling across state lines to see our faves live. 
I hope we get to listen to Wonderful on another tubing trip or on another long, aimless drive, maybe even way out to the wind turbine farm. Happy birthday. Do they grow wind turbines? This is stupid. I was about to say something really stupid. Yeah. I was going to say something like, sometimes I say stupid stuff and play like I'm a child, but that was a bridge too far, (laughs) I feel like. Tubing trip sounds good right now, though, doesn't it? These long November months, getting in a tube, splish splashing around. Oh, see, I'm I'm already into winter. I'm I'm psyched about winter now. And maybe it's because I didn't get to go on a tubing trip yeah, this year. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Sorry. This next message is for Phoebe. It is from Tuva and Sharni. Hey, massive shout out to Phoebe for being the most wonderful friend anyone could ask for. We even made a poem for you. Without Phoebe, Parappa the Rapper is crapper. I'm not going to hear any of this bad-mouthing bad Parappa the Rapper. We forgive you for moving to Melbourne, and please know that we love you and hope that the cuteness of Rachel and Griffin continue to make every week better. I'm not going to be cute right now. You just came with my dog friend, Parappa the Rapper. He's so good. I was not at all familiar with him until I met you. Do you want me to do the whole no. song from level two? He has to get his driver's license, and there's a moose, I believe, a moose uh, a police officer who teaches him how to drive a car. It sounds a lot like Sam and Max to me. Well, except it's all through the beautiful lens of rapping. <laughs> so it's like, press and turn the signal to the right. Now turn to the right. I do like that. It's so good. It does sound like fun. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. Can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. My second thing is a song. Can you guess where I found it? Spotify, Spotify Discover Weekly. Yeah. yeah, they they got my number on this one. Uh, it is the song Yeoman by Baths. Uh, Baths, if you uh, are not familiar, is the stage name of uh, Will Weisenfeld, uh, who is an electronic musician from L.A. I actually became sort of uh, aware of his, his presence and his work through the late great platform of vine where he had some real good some real good jammers oh that's funny uh a few a few viral smash hits didn't you tell me vine was coming back it's gonna and i've been thinking a lot about it because there's so many people like will weisenfeld that i that i found on vine and knew from vine and still do mm-hmm. is there gonna be some sort of reunion <laughs> When Vine 2 launches, are all those people going to come back on? I don't know. But anyway, uh, he performs as Baths. Uh, I I knew some of his songs. I was like familiar with Baths. Uh, He has uh, a song called Animals, which was off of his first album that uh, was kind of a smash hit. That album came out in 2010, and I feel like I heard that song everywhere. Uh, And it's a good track. But I wanted to talk about uh, this song, Yeoman, which is uh, Y-E-O-M-A-N, like the, I don't know, boat job. What does a yeoman do? I don't think I've ever known that. But I've heard the word before. Oh, yeah. No, I know the word. I know exactly how it's spelled, but I could not tell you what it does. 
It's a type of sailing boat. It's also a man holding and cultivating a small landed estate, a freeholder, a servant in a royal or noble household, ranking between a sergeant and a groom or a squire and a page. Okay, I guess I have no fucking <laughs> idea what yeoman means. But the song is called Yeoman, and it's, it's, it's super good. It's off his latest album that came out uh, just about a year exactly uh, ago uh, called Romaplasm. Uh, and I love this album so much. Every song is like really musically fascinating, which is like kind of his style. Um, I try and fail so much to describe music like this as being just like really sort of um, dense in terms of like the instruments being used in it. Like no measure is the same and there's, you know, weird samples and modulations happening in every millisecond of the song. It is very like there is not a, a, a wasted second of like repeated music throughout the whole thing. Uh, and, and Yeoman is, is totally like that as is like the rest of the album. Um, but there's also on this album just all these themes of like lighthearted fantasy that really warms my soul to hear uh, so to give you like an idea of what that is here's uh here's a clip from yeoman It's like a love song about a, an airship, about an officer on an airship, and the person singing the song sort of uh, dancing on the deck of this airship with the yeoman over the world that they both left behind. I was so excited that there was like a story because I feel like a lot of the electronic music you're into, there isn't like a story the oh, way this sure. one is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's, it's, it's definitely... Uh, I, I can actually think of a couple artists, but they're like very obscure on like uh, like SoundCloud electronic artists that I like who who do a lot of sort of like vocal storytelling work over over their music. But it's super not like common, and I just love I love this song for that exact reason. Like it's about an airship love story uh, with this like incredible hook, uh, just that really fast poppy synth, uh, and and by poppy I mean like. It sounds like pops and <laughs> not that it is pop music, uh, but also it's so full of like nautical terminology. It's so good. Here's here's uh, some lyrics. Uh, Let me bore you here under the moon, robed in the armillary room. An armillary is like a spherical star chart kind of thing. Oh. The fact that the word armillary is in the song. Anyway, uh, inert for all my years and then fell into you. These routes that you just so ornately improvise, they're always wild and I don't seem to mind. I just, man, I just oh, love every, nice. I love every second of this song. It is, uh, it is fantastic. And uh, there are so many songs on this album uh, just like that. So uh, I will say that uh, I also kind of wish I could play just like the whole song on this show or eight different clips because it goes to so many different places. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three bridges, one of which is like this wild, like uh, full of, uh, hook full of like horns and strings that come in over the sense that is so extra and it just rules. Um, I will also say I sort of was uh, uh, brought into this album this week because it was on my Spotify Discover list, and like it was nice to have these nice, chill, upbeat tunes yesterday while my heart was uh, racing for uh, most of the day. It was it was nice to have this to fall back on. What is uh, what's your second thing though? My second thing actually came to me yesterday. 
For those of you that follow me on Twitter, you may have seen my my poetry crusade that I went on. You bit off so much more than you could chew. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you thought that that was sustainable. Uh, I invited people that voted on that day um, to send me a picture of them in their voting uh, sticker. Uh, and I was... And just their voting <laughs> No, Griffin. Uh, and I would send a few lines of poetry. And immediately you were underwater. <laughs> I was inundated. Day. Well, and then I felt like I couldn't say no to people that were like, oh, I voted absentee or, or I early voted. And I was like, well, I don't really want to split hairs. And so then and that kind of became like 24 hours of work for me. <laughs> I didn't post a sticker image yesterday um, because every, we early voted. I early also. voted. And whenever I get a voting sticker, I stick it on the inside of my underwear drawer. So I have like a nice little collection of. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't feel like peeling it off. Because I was afraid it would lose its stickiness. Well, now I want to see a picture of that underwear drawer. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and so the, I was trying to think of poets that I felt like conveyed a real like kind of inspirational tone or poets that could be excerpted really easy. Yeah. And uh, one of the poets that I went with immediately, very first, was Maya Angelou. Oh, for sure. Which I imagine everybody has heard of. Yeah. Um. And uh, was maybe the first poet I ever really liked. I mean, as I became an adult, you know, like obviously yeah. I was a big Shel Silverstein fan. But as I got older, my Angelou was my go-to, like as early as high school. It's um, probably not good. I also love the work that I, and it's, you know, not a whole lot, but the work that she has that I'm familiar with is obviously fantastic. Yeah. But the thing that makes me the happiest is Tracy Morgan's <laughs> impression of her that he would do on Saturday Night Live. Holy shit. We will sometimes just rewatch that video. The one of him doing the different Hallmark cards that my Angela uh-huh. wrote is fucking slays me. It's the same joke basically three times over, <laughs> which is such the like weekend update style of doing jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Stefan, whom I love, but come on. Uh, and <laughs> shit, it kills me. Mm-hmm. I always think of... Uh, Crispity. Crunchy. Well, that crunchy. was David Allen Greer, I think. Oh, was it? I think that was David Allen Greer oh. when he was guest hosting. But I remember that too. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. That's my touch. <laughs> She's just got such a distinct voice. So it distinct. just makes you want to like try it out in your own mouth. Yeah. Uh, so she has published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, several books of poetry, and a list of plays, movies, and television shows spanning over 50 years. She received dozens of awards and more than 50 honorary degrees. Jeez. Can you imagine? That's a lot of honorary degrees. That's a lot of honorary degrees. How many honorary degrees does it take to make up one real degree? I don't know, Griffin. That's a strange question. An honorary degree is like a... a it's a degree that an institution will award as like recognition for your talent. Yeah. So if you get like 30 of those, does it count as like you got your PhD from Johns Hopkins or something? I don't know. Babe. You should be able to trade them in. Like, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying, what's the economy of them? <laughs> uh, so she, uh, part, part of what makes her so unique and so um, translatable to so many different people is not only was she a poet, she was also a singer. She was a civil rights activist. Uh, She has experience working as a fry cook, a sex worker, a nightclub dancer and performer, a cast member of the opera Porgy and Bess. Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Uh, A 
a coordinator disagree. <laughs> a coordinator for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and a journalist in Egypt and Ghana. Jesus Christ. She just kind of Jesus led, Christ, led an incredible life. That's ins- I had no fucking idea. Uh, in 2011, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. That was the best. Rightfully so. Uh, and That was posthumous, right? No, she's still alive. In 2015? 2011. Oh, 2011. I thought you said 2015. No. Uh, no, there's actually pictures of her accepting it. Okay. So I'm pretty sure she was alive. Yes. Um, and I think she gets dismissed a lot because, she, again, she's one of those poets that's really accessible, really recognizable. For sure. Um, when Bill Clinton was inaugurated, she um, read the poem there during his inauguration. And actually, I have the last few lines of it if you want to hear it. Yeah. Because uh, for me, it's really recognizable. I don't know if you'll remember. Uh, the poem was called On the Pulse of Morning. It was this very long sweeping poem about like the rock and the river and the animals and coming together across the earth. And then at the very end, uh, the last stanza was here on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out and into your sister's eyes, into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply with hope, good morning. Isn't that perfect for an inauguration? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it just gives me chills even reading it. Was it written specifically for the inauguration? Because it sounds like it was. I have to assume so. Maybe. I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, But the poem I was sending around to uh, people yesterday is uh, Still I Rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the reason I was sending it around is there's like, it's, it's a poem like all about persistence and courage in the face of adversity. And there are just these great little stanzas in it. And so I wanted to share a few of them. Um, there's kind of a mix in there of of triumph and also kind of just some really like good burns. <laughs> like she's kind of speaking to her adversaries a little bit in the poem. And so there's just these great lines. So let me just read one stanza. Uh, Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. What a great burn is that? Isn't that so nice? That's so fucking good. She uh, she also wrote this poem that she's really famous for called Phenomenal Woman. Mm. But it's just this like this like confidence and just like brassiness and like sexiness. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and then so here's how the poem ends. And this is like, I think, universal. And this is like that triumph that I was speaking of. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. She's the best. She's the best. She just, you can see why she just became such a spokesman for poetry uh, and for women and for African-American women. Like she, she is to the point and accessible and fearless and uh, inspirational in a big way. Yeah. Uh, and I just like... I'll, I'll walk away from her for a while, especially like when I started to be more academic in my approach to poetry. But when I was looking through her stuff yesterday, I was just like, oh no, this, this man, this really holds up. There, there's a reason why it's everybody great. knows who she is and yeah. what her poems sound like. I feel like, yeah. like I'm not familiar with her, a lot of her work. There's like a, there's a, a, the kind of imagery she includes in her poems is so distinctly Maya Angelou that I feel like if I just heard, heard that read out loud on the street, I could be like, oh, that's Maya Angelou. Yeah. So I would encourage you to 
to check out those poems, Still I Rise. Uh, you can easily find it on the internet. And same with On the Pulse of Morning. Hey, do you want to know what our friends at home are, are all abuzz about? <laughs> yes. Cameron says, I just wanted to drop in and say that something I find wonderful is fall scented candles. The scents of pumpkin and cinnamon and baked holiday treats are perfect in candle form to help me calm down after a long day of work. I even dabble in making my own scrap wax now, even if I'm not very good at it. Is that a, some kind of new street drug? <laughs> scrap wax. <laughs> I assume it's like when you take the scraps of candles and blend. It can't possibly be that, right? Like maybe, yeah, you take leftover candles and combine them together. But I multiple scents would be strange, huh? I don't know, but I love a good like fall leaf candle. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of summer candles smell like laundry detergent, which is okay, but it can be a little overpowering. And, and spring, too, for that. Spring matter. especially, yeah. yeah. Fall, though? Mm. Fall and a winter candle? Mm. A winter candle can also, I don't love like a really stinky pine one. A little pine is okay. Like Griffin has a lot of strong opinions about smells. Well, I used to have a sensitive nose before it stopped working for two fucking months. <laughs> uh, here's one from Erica who says, I just had my second baby three weeks ago. Congratulations. Uh, and one thing I forgot about is uh, that uh, is completely wonderful is that full body stretch that infants do when they're waking up sometimes. They put both tiny arms over their heads and pull their knees up to their bellies and just stretch and groan in that tiny way. It's wonderful. Oh, I'd forgotten about that too. I've forgotten everything about the first six months of Henry's <laughs> life, but I do remember this good stretch that babies do. It's so yeah, choice. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, Adrian says, something I find wonderful is mise en place. When I'm cooking, the last thing I want to do is have to scramble to make a seasoning or chop a vegetable. So before I start, I make sure I have everything I need ready to go. I only cook like this like very rarely, if, especially if it's like a super ambitious dish with like lots of little components that, you know, if you're, you know, searing something off in a frying pan and you only have like a minute to do it, you don't have time to, you know, chop up that garlic and, you know, smash that arugula or whatever. <laughs> it's a gross recipe I've just done. Is that a street truck? Yeah, I, I smashed that arugula. <laughs> so, like, getting a bunch of little, uh, uh, what are they called? Colanders? No, not colanders. Oh, uh, ramekins? Ramekins. Just fill them up with all your your, your materials. Mm -hmm. I feel like a warlock doing some sort of potion spell. Yes, yes, yes. So good. Um, that's it, though. Hey, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, what else? Thank you to MaximumFun.org oh, yeah. for hosting our podcast. Uh, if you like Wonderful, you might want to check out other shows like Bullseye and Can I Pet Your Dog? Flophouse. And Flophouse. Those good boys. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great shows on Maximum Fun. We're very grateful to uh, be on their network. If you want to hear other stuff we do, it's at McElroyShows.com. Uh, we have a mailing list also for the whole like McRoy family of products that we just launched where we're doing like most of our announcements now these days. So we don't have to do them all on the show every time. Uh, you can find that at, I believe, bit.ly slash McElroy mail. I was thinking I might sign up for it. You probably. Uh, I feel like it's don't. the only way I really know when you're going somewhere. <laughs> That's not entirely fair. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good uh, newsletter and it's got uh, it's got fun stuff. I was trying to, I was talking to uh, Amanda and been like, hey, can we put a, like a crossword puzzle or a word search in our junior jumble Ooh, in the next one? And I'll good. even, I'll even make it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look forward to those great puzzles. And I think that's it, huh? 
That is it. Oh, for those of you who are getting mail items returned to you, we still do not have a P.O. box. I promise we're going to fix it. It is soon. not personal. We did not reject your item. No, we simply we, do not have a place for you to send it right yeah, now. Yeah, we moved and moved far away from our last post office and it lapsed and we are um, failures, but we'll get it fixed. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. That's it. Time to uh, shut her down. How can we end our show this time? Um, I could try out some of my new catchphrases. Yeah, Rachel's going to take us out with some of her great new catchphrases. That's peppermint. Now. <laughs> it's like something you would say, you know? That's peppermint. Are there more? Or can we end on that? Keep it in the frying pan. Okay. That's fun because it's like out of the frying pan and into the fire and you're just like, no, mm-hmm. keep it in the. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Are you in a cave or are you on a ladder? That one's confusing too. Mm-hmm. You know what I have to say about that one? <laughs> That's peppermint. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. We've all made mistakes in book club, right? You drink a little too much. You don't actually read the book. And if you're under the bubble in Fairhaven, your individual will get subsumed by the collective. Hey, maybe I just let him go and whip us up some guac. We do not require guac. We require only nutrients and expansion. You will become Book Club. You will eat, pray, and love with us. Join Book Club. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble.